0: Welcome to the Global Seventh-day Adventist Church podcast. Please like and subscribe. Also visit us on social media, um, on Facebook, that's Global Seventh-day Adventist Church. Or um, we also have Instagram, Global's Youth. Please check us out there. Also um, on our website, goebbelssdachurch.org. Um, please uh, join and join us Sabbath mornings at uh, 9.30 a.m. for Sabbath school and 10 a.m. for church. I'd like to share with you about three meals today. Of course, I'd like to share a meal with you after the service, too. That would be the fourth, but no, that would be fine. We're not having a fellowship or a hospitality meal today, but I hope that you have a blessed meal. That will be the fourth one that I'm referring to. So the first meal I'm referring to took place about 3,500 years ago in Egypt, and it was a very special meal among the Israelite people who had been living in that country for about 400 years. And there wasn't one person among them who could remember what it was like to be a free person because they were all slaves. However, they did live in a very beautiful part of the country, just never had time to stop and smell the roses. Their life was work, work, and more work. Food wasn't bad, abundant fish, melons, cucumbers, leeks, onions, garlic. But they were slaves, and all they knew was slavery. Now, when the word got out that they were going to be freed and leave the only country, the only home they'd ever known, and go to a place where none of them had never been before, I imagine they had some mixed emotions. But it all started with a simple request by their leader that they could go out in the wilderness for a few days just to worship God. And when Pharaoh refused, the judgments from heaven began falling on Egypt. But it didn't make any difference to Pharaoh. He was not about to let all of his free labor go. So the plagues fell and became more and more devastating until finally came the last warning. If Pharaoh did not let God's son, that is the nation of Israel, if he didn't let God's son go, then God was going to take his son and all the firstborn sons of animal. And so it was about 3,500 years ago, in a powerful way, God delivered his people from a life of slavery and they were never to forget their last night in Egypt. They were given advice and warning and direction to pack their bags because all the earthly possessions that they could carry, they would be taking with them soon and leaving everything else behind. This meal was not to be a relaxed meal. They were to eat it standing. They were to be fully clothed and ready to leave at a moment's notice. The meal would consist of roast lamb, the Passover lamb. Bitter herbs, reminding them of the bitter experience that they had had for hundreds of years. And unleavened bread, actually kind of a preview of what very much they would be eating for the next 40 years as God provided them manna. And then the angel of death passed over Egypt to destroy the firstborn. But it passed over every Israelite home where the blood of the Passover lamb could be seen at the entrance of their house. And their firstborn was spared. And that Passover meal was to be repeated from that time on. To remind God's people of the miraculous way that he delivered them from a life of slavery. How the blood of the lamb had protected them from destruction. So 1,500 years went by and the real Passover lamb appeared as a human being. The Jews were still keeping the Passover. And as he grew up, Jesus was always hearing stories about how God had miraculously delivered his people. As faithful, practicing Jews, his parents took him to Jerusalem when he was 12. And there he experienced for the first time in person the Passover service. He continued to celebrate it for the next 18 years until he began his public ministry and even then encouraged people to observe it and to observe all that God commanded, but not man's traditions. So it was his last week before the cross. He knew it. He had his disciples prepare for a special Passover service. He knew that this would be the last meal he would eat before he laid down his life as the Passover lamb for all time. That second Last Supper would be followed by a midnight arrest, an illegal trial, shameful humiliation, and the the horrendous death of Jesus. This meal would make it very clear that Jesus was the one that all those Passover lambs for hundreds of years had been pointing forward to, and now here he was. Doing more than saving the firstborn he was about to deliver the whole human race from slavery and sin's penalty. And from that time on, the Last Supper would be a reminder of the true Passover lamb, Jesus himself. His own sacrifice. His body, given that we could live. Not regular bread, but unleavened bread. Representing his life without a trace of sin. His blood would be shed that we could share eternity with Him, represented not by a grape, but by grape juice that had been crushed and taken from the grape to give life. As we read in our scripture today, Paul, commenting about the Last Supper, said, As often as you celebrate this meal, you proclaim the Lord's death till He comes. Well, the most important great event that's coming up next is the return of Jesus to this world. Which means that one day we will all have our last supper on earth. And in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, Jesus will come and bodily deliver everybody who has trusted in him from this damaged, dying world. The very presence of sin. Now, the night before Jesus comes could be pretty dark and pretty foreboding when we have our last supper on earth. But that next day will be the most glorious day you can imagine. And that's what we're celebrating today. The deliverance of a nation from slavery, the deliverance of all mankind from sin and death, and the coming deliverance of all God's children from... This sinful planet we will be headed home with Jesus. And then soon we'll be having another meal with Jesus in heaven. He spoke of it in John 22. It's recorded. I'll no longer eat of it until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. So Jesus is looking forward to this just as much as we are. It's no wonder that John in Revelation calls this coming occasion the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's a wedding feast. Revelation 19.9 says, Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Guess what, friends? You've been invited. We all have been invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. I really hope you'll accept it's a great meal and it's just around the corner. Let me say a few words before we separate for the ordinance of foot washing. In the Adventist church, the communion service is open to all Christians. You don't have to be an Adventist to celebrate the goodness of Jesus with us. If Jesus is, is Lord of your life, you are welcome to celebrate with us this communion service. If you're unfamiliar with our foot washing service, you're welcome to come and see. Or if you don't want to see, you're welcome to stay and wait. And we'll be right back. Um, And just, you can meditate here in the sanctuary. But we have made plans that the ladies who would want to serve Other ladies in the foot washing service will find their way in the just off the lobby here when you go out and to the left. Preparations have been made for you ladies there. Then if there are men who would like to serve men, they can go down the stairs to the lower level. And the first door you come to will be for that group. And then if there are families who would like to uh, do the foot washing service together, that's the next door as you continue down the hall downstairs. So that is our plan. We invite you to find it as a time of meditation and preparation for the Lord's Supper as we return. And so now we'll separate for that part of our service and then return to this room for the final part of it.